0: If you have your Bibles this morning, I need you to turn to the book of Ephesians. You're going to be in chapter number 3. Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to be looking at verses 14 and 15 this morning as we continue our journey through this wonderful book. We've already have seen that uh, uh, we are very wealthy. Apparently, we're not hearing each other today. We've already seen that we are very wealthy. We're wealthy in not financially, and some of you are. Some of us aren't. But that's okay. But if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're wealthy. And He's given us more than we can imagine the resources that we need to be able to live this victorious life that we can live for the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got everything. And I'm telling you, uh, and last week we looked at uh, going through the storms. I'm telling you, that's when you start to really realize what you have in Jesus Christ when you're going through troubling times. Is there an amen for that? And so we, we see here, we've now come, is our, uh, we've journeyed on, we find ourselves in the third chapter. And we're going to see just two verses this morning. We're going to see where uh, Paul shows us about prayer. I'm coming to find out, as I continue my faith walk, the importance of prayer. Matter of fact, I believe, this is just me, I believe that of all the spiritual weapons that we have, Ephesians 6 talks about all of that, that the one that, we, that is the, one of the most powerful, we use the least. And I, and I, and I know from personal experience that I, I'm not utilizing that weapon as much as I should. Now, we've come to this point here that Paul is reminding us because Paul was a prayer warrior. Paul prayed, and you see it all through his uh, writings and, and the letters that he wrote to the church. He, uh, he was a man of, of prayer, and we're gonna see this morning uh, a title of a message for this cause. For this cause, what was the cause that he was talking about? We're going to see that in just a moment. But what's your cause this morning? Every one of us here today has a cause. There is something that we are finding very important. We have something that's attracted our attention. We, We have something going on in our life that consumes us. And so the question for us is what is your cause? What's causing you to do the things that you're doing? Or, flip side, the things that you should be doing that you're not doing? What is your cause this morning? Every one of us has something that causes us, that consumes us, that grabs our attention, that we're we're willing to invest in. So the question this morning is, what's your cause? And Paul tells us why he went to his knees because he had a cause. And so this morning I want you to look at verse number 14. Listen to what the Word says. For this cause. Paul's telling you, he said, now here's, here's the reason why I've been driven to my knees. Here's what's brought me to the point to where I decide to worship and bring glory into my Savior. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth His name. For just a few moments this morning, we're going to look at a message entitled, For This Cause. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. And Lord, we thank You for the weapons that You've given us to be able to fight this war we're in. We're in a spiritual war. Lord, we're seeing it even more. Even though it's uh, what's happening, uh, we're maybe not seeing everything that's occurring. But Lord, we're starting to see more and more we're in a war. And Lord, we thank you today. We praise you today. That we're able to fight this war because you've given us the right weapons to use. So, Lord, as we look into your word this morning, I pray that there's someone here, they're, they're fighting a war within themselves. Lord, Lord, they, they want to turn over a new leaf. Lord, they understand that the life that they're leading, it's not getting them anywhere, and, and so they're struggling with that, but yet they're, they're just really, uh, don't know if they really want to invest completely. They, they just haven't come to the point in their time and their life that they want to totally surrender over to you. Lord, I pray the convicting spirit will be upon them, and they would recognize they need to get saved today. Lord, many of us we know we're saved. We thank you for that. We praise you for that. And we know if we were to die right now, we'd be in heaven. But Lord, we're struggling. We're fighting a war. We can call it uh, because of relationships. We can call it because of, uh, of my work. We can through all things out there. But Lord, we know that ultimately it comes down to it. It's a spiritual war. And we've lost We're getting beat up. And it's not because we can't overcome. It's because we're not utilizing what you've given us to be able to fight this battle. So, Lord, speak to us today. We give you all praise and glory for what you've done. We're going to go ahead and praise you for what you're going to do in our midst this morning. And we pray this prayer in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and all God's people say, Amen. And so here we see that uh, if you go back to the beginning and, and in chapter one, we see that Paul was starting this prayer. He he was starting to pray, but the next twelve verses he spends time about the mystery of the church. Now, what's that have to do with anything? Well, first of all, notice when you pray, when when you're you're saying, "Man, I need to pray." Does that not happen to you? You, you you have all the right intentions you're 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 gotten quiet and you've gotten still before the Lord and you say Man, I need to pray and and you have every intent but then about, oh about thirty seconds into it, your mind's already starting to wonder. Anybody have a problem like that we We get distracted so easily do we not and and most of the time. What we get distracted upon has no spiritual value to it. I mean, I'm here. Lord I, I, Lord, I praise you. I thank you. And, and next thing you're knowing, thinking, I got that meeting in the morning at 9 o'clock. I, I got to get the kids. One's got to go basketball uh, practice. The other one's got hockey practice and, and, uh, and all that. Well, Paul, he got distracted, but he got distracted by the Holy Spirit. Now if you need to get distracted while you're praying, that'll be a good way to distract it. Sometimes you intend you, you start, "I need to be praying for that," and does that not happen sometimes the Holy Spirit starts to put people on your heart and you're, you're praying and, and all of a sudden a name starts to come into mind and, and then you're you're thinking about uh, oh, someone that's had surgery. You're thinking about someone like, like Brother Terry and his family that's uh, going through the heartache of having to go and, and, and bury a, a loved one and, and that's good when the Holy Spirit directs us in that and we ought to be uh, conscious of the fact. See when we're in tune with God and when we're in tune with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit it's all of a sudden it they just start dropping names to you and they'll start telling you the things that you need to be reminded of. And that's a good thing. But the truth of the matter is, many times in our prayer lives, we get distracted on things that are the flesh. Well, Paul here was not distracted by the flesh. He was distracted by the Holy Spirit. And so as he talked about the mystery of the church, he gets back to his prayer. Uh, as he is praying, notice... A number of things. Three things that we're going to see this morning. First of all, we're going to see the passion of his prayer. When we come to pray, we ought to have a passion. We ought to to emotionally be involved in what we're praying for. Not just a flippant, like, oh, Lord, just bless the people today. But we're passionate about it. I mean, we're pleading. We're, we're begging God. I mean, we're, we're, we're saying, Lord, I, I, I'm lifting this one up to you. Lord, I know they're hurting today. We, we ought to have some passion in our prayers. But then we're going to also see not only a passion, but we're going to see the position when we pray. And the last thing that we'll see this morning is the purpose of our praying. Notice here in the text, Paul, uh, he's already alluded to the fact in verse number one that he's been a prisoner. We also see that uh, he talks about and we see that uh, he's uh, a preacher. But now we come to see that he is a prayer warrior. Now, what do we mean when we call someone a prayer warrior? Notice the terminology. They're, They're praying people. Do you know somebody that when you really need someone to uh, pray about something, does somebody right now come to mind that I need to call uh, this brother, I need to call this sister because I know they're people of prayer? Isn't it good to know that you have people that are people of prayer? But notice we call them prayer warriors. Why is that? A warrior fights, does he not? I'm telling you, Satan will do everything he can to distract you and to get you off course. He does not want God's people praying because even Satan himself knows when God's people get down to business and are passionate about their prayers, he's going to have a heap of trouble. And so that's the reason, listen, you say, well, Brother Mike, hey, listen, Satan doesn't want you to pray. So you've got to fight for it. You have to fight. You have to be intentional with your prayer. You don't need to be saying, I, you know, I'll pray just whenever I get a chance. Don't have that mentality. We, Wednesday night we talked about proper attitudes. And one of the attitudes is that we have to have a warrior attitude. We have to fight for this. By the way, fighting for it is worth the fight. Because there's power in prayer. Do you believe that this morning? Do you really believe there's power in prayer? Then why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we doing it? Sometimes we say, well, I just don't have the time. Or we say, i start, but yet I can't seem to finish. We have all kinds of excuses. Well, Paul here, we see that he was uh, passionate about his prayer. He says, for this cause. Now, what cause is he talking about? You got to go back to chapter one in Ephesians. And, and, And chapter one, remember, as we've been going through this, he's been talking about things like, you know, at one time you were dead, but you were quickened and you have now new life in Jesus Christ. Oh, do you remember? He also said that we're heirs of an inheritance Also, remember, uh, he talked about that we have all spiritual blessings. But now we also say that he says that we are saved by grace. Now, listen, here, here's, this is my mindset. When Paul was starting to think about how as he was writing this letter uh, to the church at Ephesus, as he was writing, he was telling them they were dead, now they're alive. When he talks about they were in darkness, now they're in light. When he talks about that it wasn't anything that he could do, but he was saved by grace and by the mercy of God. And then he thought about how wealthy he is because of knowing Jesus Christ. When he started thinking about that, he just had to drop to his knees and say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you that at one time I was lost. I was bound for hell, but you quickened me. You raised me new life with the Lord Jesus Christ. And now I have a home waiting for me in all eternity. My dear friends, when you start to think about what Jesus Christ has done for you, it should drop you to your knees and you raise your hands and you'll shout glory to to God. So here he says look at all he's done for me. Now I know sometimes we can get our down and out. I understand that. Sometimes we go through those little power, depressions and all that. I understand all of that. But when we start to realize what Jesus Christ has done for me, that should cause us to want to drop to our knees and praise Him. By the way, it should also cause us to say, you know, I want to spend more time with Him. I mean, look what He's done for me. I've been adopted into the greatest family that could ever be, the family of God. I, 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 look, look what He's done for me. and Look around. Look, look where God has placed you. Look, look at those... That are around you, that are your family members. Does that not cause us to say thank you? We've heard many people say, you know, this this church, I don't know what I would have done without this church. I'm one of those. I don't know what I would have done without this church. And I look around and I'm thinking, you're my family. We're brothers and sisters. And all because of the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That should cause us to say, I want to spend more time with my Lord. And so Paul keeps on and he says that he came and he dropped to his name. Now, notice also in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 17. It says, pray without ceasing. Why, and I understand, and here we're, I understand we need to be reminded, but do we really need to be reminded that we should be in an attitude of prayer all time? Understand, prayer is communicating with Him, right? That's what prayer is. Prayer is talking to Him. And if we realize what we have and what He's done for us, why wouldn't we want to be talking to him all the time? Y'all remember, some of you will. Those of you not to that point, you'll get there. When you uh, first met your mate, y'all remember those days? Some of you are saying, did you have to bring that up? (laughs) But do you remember that... uh, you couldn't, you, y'all couldn't. We, could, you was on the phone with them constantly, weren't you? You were. You was talking, and you were talking. Nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. Nothing of value. You just talking. Y'all remember that? Sure, you do. I mean, why? Because you had fallen in love with them, right? And so when you fall in love with somebody, you just want to hang with them. You want to talk to them. You want to have a relationship with them. Am I I talking to anybody this morning? So when we come to know Jesus Christ, we fell in love with Him. Shouldn't we want to say, I want to spend as much time as I can with Him? That's what prayer is. Prayer gets you into the very presence of the throne room. And so he, 1 Thessalonians, reminds us that we should pray without ceasing. We should be in an attitude of prayer. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. Now, if nothing else, this should cause you to really say, you know, I, I need to be praying. More. Jeremiah 33, 3 says this. The Lord speaking, he says, call on me. Do you understand? The Lord Jesus this morning saying, hey, y'all can call on me. You understand that, right? He says, call on me. But then he gives you the reason why. I will answer you. Right. There it is. Now, hey, sometimes, brother Chris and I have talked, don't you love people that'll, uh, that, that will call you and uh, you, you missed a call, but I mean, just as soon as you, uh, you, you didn't find your phone, which is my case most of the time, and uh, you, call, I mean, you call them right back and, and they don't answer. And then you say things like, oh, why did you call me if you weren't going to answer? Hey, don't have to worry about that with the Lord. The Lord says, call on me, I will answer. He will not put you on hold. And so, But note that he doesn't stop there. He says, I'm going to answer you. Here's how I'm going to answer you. Now, I'm telling you, uh, this ought to put a little pep in your step, and this ought to cause you to be more uh, in prayer. He says, I'm going to answer you. But here's how I'm going to answer you. He says, I'm going to show you great and mighty things. Great and mighty things. This is the Lord talking. He says, you call on me, I'm going to answer. Here's how I'm going to answer. I'm going to show you great and mighty things that you know not. Here's Mike's translation. Hey, you call on me. I'm going to answer. And my answer is going to blow your mind. I don't know about you, but I'm going to go pray and say, Lord, what you got for me today? Amen. It, it, we are to be expecting people, are we not? Do, do, are we here today, do we really expect that the Lord Jesus Christ it could come and could come any moment? Some of you do. The rest of you, hopefully you'll get on board. I believe that He can come and come in any moment. Why? Because He told me He would. He promised he would. So we should be expecting people. We're expecting him to show up in any moment. But until that time, we ought to be going about doing the Father's business going about preaching and reaching the, uh, the, uh, the lost and dying world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's wanting to do something wonderful in their lives and he's wanting to show us his power. He's wanting to show us that he's still in control of all the situations. If nothing else, you ought to be praying and when you're praying, you ought to be expecting, Lord, I'm praying to you and Lord, I'm asking you and I'll know your answer. Now here's what trips us up. We've already want the answer. Don't we? Lord, here's what I here's what I'd like you to do. The Lord will answer, but not necessarily on your terms. But that's okay. Because however he answers our prayer, it's always the right answer. Okay? And so he says, that you ought to be expecting. When you pray, do you really expect him to answer that prayer? When you pray for that lost loved one in your family, do you really expect that he's going to answer that prayer? When you have someone, a granddaughter or a grandson or someone that's gotten off the beaten path and you're praying for them, do you really believe that God's going to answer your prayer? He says right here, he says, you call on me, I will answer your prayer. And he says, I'll show you things that will blow your mind. But then, notice, we see the position. What is Paul? Paul said he bowed his knee. Now, to us, this is, you know, for the most part, most of us, when we pray, we'll get on our knees, right? But understand where Paul's coming out of. He's coming out of a religion that that was not common practice when they prayed to get on their knees. You'll still see it today, especially in the Orthodox community. When they pray, they stand, they'll have their hands slightly raised and their palms towards heaven. When you go to the wailing wall, you'll see it even more so, and then you'll see them... That's what Paul came out of. That's how Paul saw when they came to prayer. That's what they did. Paul has bowed his knees. Why did he bow his knees? Because that's not what he was brought up to. He bowed his knees because he was overwhelmed what Jesus Christ has done for him. You think about what Jesus has done for you. It should cause us to drop to our knees and praise His holy name. But notice here. The Bible talks about different positions, if you will, of prayer. In Genesis chapter 18, Abraham stood when he uh, prayed. And when he prayed, uh, Lord, will you also destroy the righteous along with the wicked? But we see... David David said in 1 Chronicles chapter 17, he, he said and he prayed and he prayed this prayer. Talking to the Lord, he says, who am I? By the way, that's a pretty good prayer to pray. Lord, who am I? Who am I? Not what everybody else thinks I am. Because we do understand we can put on a pretty good mask, can't we? We can come in and we can have a smile on our face and we can have a, a little pep in our step, but inside, man, we are in the valley. But we'll put that happy face on and we'll say praise the Lord when inside we're grieving and we're hurting. See, it's good to ask, Lord, who am I? Who do you see me as? Who, when you, if you prayed that prayer right now, What do you think the Lord would say? Lord, who really, who am I? Not not what everybody else sees. Who, Who am I when you see me? I think it would change our prayers. And I think it would change us to take a closer look at our walk with Him. This morning, who are you? Not the way I see you. Who are you when the Lord sees you? And it could be that somebody needs to pray a prayer right now of confession and repentance. But then we see in Matthew chapter 26, we see the Lord Jesus, and He's fixing to go to the cross. And we see Jesus is praying, and the Bible says He fell to His face, and He stretched Himself out. And He's praying He's talking about the cup. He says, And Lord, uh, now, if there's any other way, but not my will, but thy will be done. And so we see through the Bible many instances of different positions. But also we see, going back to the Old Testament, we see that uh, there were those who bowed as well. Now, it was not a common. They usually stood, as I made mention. But in Ezra, Ezra, when he was praying and confessing the sins of Israel, uh, he bowed. We also see Daniel. When Daniel heard that the law, there was a decree that came out that there'd be no more praying... And uh, we see that Daniel uh, prayed, he got down on his knees. We also see that Solomon, at the dedication of the temple, that he bowed as well. See, uh, kneeling has two things about it, two things that we should recognize. First of all, kneeling means, and it's a picture of submission. When you pray, you should submit yourself to what the Lord is going to talk to you about. See, submission, when you're down here, you realize you're you're, you're unworthy to be even standing even closer to Him. You understand, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I know I'm depraved. Lord, I know I have my weaknesses. Lord, I know I'm not what I ought to be. But Lord, I submit myself to You. And Lord, whatever uh, here Jesus prayed, He said, it's not my will, Lord, but Your will be done in my life. But we also see when you kneel that it also shows emotion and passion. You're just overwhelmed. Think about this. And I'm guilty, okay? I've been guilty of it. Sometimes when we pray, we really don't realize whose presence we're going into. We're going into a presence of a holy, righteous God. Think about this. When you are praying, you're coming into the presence of the one who spoke the universe into existence. When you're coming in oh, the, the presence, you're coming into a presence of one that can only do what he's done for you. That should overwhelm us. We're coming to a presence of a holy God. A righteous God. By the way, watch this. Not only when we come to prayer and we come into His presence, but one day we're going to see Him face to face. And we're going to see Him as the righteous judge. Have you thought about that? You're coming into the presence of a holy, righteous God that should cause us to be overwhelmed. By the way, that should humble us to think somebody like me come, come into the presence of someone like him. You ever thought about that? That's a sobering thought. He's holy. Matter of fact, He's so holy that when His only Son took the sins of the world upon Him, He had to walk away from them. That's the reason gee, when Jesus cried, oh My God, my God, why has that forsaken me? And it could be like the, oh, the God the Father turned around and He says, Because I cannot look upon sin, because I'm holy. We're serving. We come into the presence. We pray to a holy God. And that should overwhelm us. And we should never, ever take prayer for granted. We should never, ever come in with a flippant attitude. We should never come in here and say, just kind of throw a prayer out there. We're coming into the presence of a mighty God, but a God who loves us. And a God who extended His grace to us. And so it doesn't really matter the position. Having said all that, what God is concerned with is not the position of your body. It's the position of your heart. What's in your heart this morning? What sin has been kind of tucked away in there? Nobody knows about it. Outwardly, they can't even tell that I'm wrestling with this. I got a stronghold in my life, but I got it tucked way back here. My dear friend, when you come into the presence of a holy God, do you think that pleases Him that you come? And you might have the lip service, but He knows your heart and your heart is wicked. It's a heart. The attitude of the heart... What's your heart this morning? What did you do over the weekend that you hope nobody found out about and you know that, boy, if they find out down in the church, I, oh, man, I'm not okay. Listen, don't give a rip what we think about it. You better be concerned about what he thinks about it because he's the one that sees your heart. And then we, sometimes we have the gall to come into the presence of a mighty God with that hidden sin in our hearts. I don't think that's pleasing to Him. I think it upsets Him. So this morning, what's the position of your heart, not necessarily the position of your body when you pray? Now, very quickly, the purpose. What is the purpose? Well, notice here He says, The purpose is to glorify and to edify. The purpose of Paul at this particular prayer here, he wanted to glorify the Lord Jesus. I dare say that many of us, when we go to pray, that maybe we'll spend a little bit of time praising Him and thanking Him, but we want to get right into our laundry list, don't we? And we do have a lot of needs. We have a a, a lot of people that are going through struggles. I'm not discounting that. I understand that. And we we need to be praying. And I understand there's times when we need to be praying for ourselves. I I have no problem with that. But what we have to realize, prayer is having a, a communication, right? We're talking to God. God talks to us. And so I think it pleases Him. Matter of fact, Jesus said... He said, Now you want to say, Lord, teach us to pray. He says, Okay, this is how you pray. And the very first thing he said is, Bring glory to him. He says, Holy. He says, Holy is God the Father. And so, we're, how do we bring glory to him? We just praise him. That brings glory to him. I mean, just, just saying thank you, that's praising him. Thank you, Lord. And we can go on. Listen, just think about this. We'll say, oh, well, you know, I, I know now, I know I ought to be praying longer. How long do we pray? And how long do we worship when we're praying? I dare say we spend a short amount of time telling Him thank you because... We've got to get into our laundry list. Lord, praise you. Thank you. Thank you for saving me, Lord. And, 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 and all that's well and good. And bang, bang. And I said, okay, Lord, here's what I got today. All right, you know uh, Susie, she's got this test and I'm praying for her. And I'm not saying we don't, am not to pray. You know, I'm, I'm just saying the prayer is about Him. Praising Him, thanking Him, glorifying Him. And then edifying the saints, Right? We're to be encouraging one another. Why? Because we're family, right? We're encouraging you. See, when I'm praying, and and the point I'm getting, I know I'm going around the block to get across the street. What I'm saying is that we probably, if we were really serious and really thought about our prayer lives, that we'll spend a lot of time on us, and then we'll throw the others in. This thing is not about us. This thing is about us. It's not about me. It's about us. And so I am, when I pray, I need to be praying for you. And I'm praying for you, uh, the Lord, to encourage you. I'm praying. Do you see where we're going with that? And so he says here, he prays to the Father. Now, interesting word in the Greek, that word Father means the ancestry of a family line. Okay? And so we have a family line. All right? All right, we're family, right? All right. So we have a family line. We can trace our family line. And all of us wind up with God being the Father, spiritually speaking, right? Yeah. Do, you, y'all, I mean, do y'all believe that? Do you believe that He is our Father? He's our Heavenly Father, right? And so every one of us who have trusted in Jesus Christ and we're brothers and sisters, that means we all have the same Daddy. Okay? He, he, he is our Father. But notice it says here, the family. Now, the, the family is, has two different locations. Now, I know, biologically speaking, many of you have families scattered everywhere. I'm speaking spiritually here. That our family members are in one or two places. They're either here or they're in heaven. Right? Okay? Well, they're either here or they're in heaven. And so he prays, here's my purpose. My purpose is about my family. Now, we've heard this saying, have we not? Well, we're all God's children. Well, no, we're not. You're only a child if you have a father. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior... Then you have a heavenly father and you are a child. But if you're here this morning, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Even though He made you, you're not His child, right? Okay, now how do we know that? Well, the Bible tells us. In John chapter 8, verse number 44, listen, it says here uh, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and He says, Your father is the devil. That's what he said. So today, you're either, you have a God the Father or Satan's your father. I mean, there's no middle of the road here. The Bible tells us also, and if you go look at verse 41 of John 8, it says about uh, because you've done the deeds of your father. So here today, there's only... Two camps you can fall out on. You have a heavenly father or you have Satan as your father. That's what the Bible says. But then it goes on and it tells us that in 1 John chapter 3, verse 13, he says that talking about believers that we're sons of God. He uses the word, that phrase two times. So today, if you're saved, you have a Heavenly Father. And you can go to your Heavenly Father. And you can cry out to your Heavenly Father. And your Heavenly Father says, I want to talk to you. My, Micah uh, and Rebecca sometimes, but uh, Micah uh, doesn't live with us. So I, uh, but Micah will call me on the phone and he'll say, Hey, Daddy, what are you doing? And I'll tell him what I'm doing. I said, oh, what are you doing? He says, oh, he says, I'm going in between two stops. And I was just seeing what you was doing. I said, so you're bored. <laughs> he said, well, yeah, sort of. He said, no, I just wanted to see what you were doing. And, and I, okay. And then, you know, a little chit-chat, chill la like And then we hang up. What I'm telling you is he wants to hear from his dad. Even even as poor as the dad I've been to my children, they like to hear from their dad. Now, usually they want to hear from their dad when they need some money, but still. that's. (laughs) But they want to hear from their daddy. My dad's been gone for 21 years now. And there's times when I sit down and I think, boy, I wish I could talk to dad. Many of you can identify with that, can you not? But I got something that will bring joy to you, you have a Heavenly Father that you can always talk to. And sometimes, just like we as dads, we like to hear from our children when they don't want anything. Matter of fact, that's the best cause. And and, and hey, our Heavenly Father is the same way. When's the last time that you wanted to talk to your heavenly Father, and you had you just said, "I just wanted to talk to you today, Dad. I just want you to know, I love you. just want you to know that I'm sure appreciative of all that you've done for me." And no other request. Sometimes it's good just to tell him, "Hey, I just want to see what you're doing, and I just want to know you to know, I love you. Don't you think that pleases him? Don't you think he has a smile on his face? Is says, that's, that's my kid. We see here. What's some similarity very quickly? First of all, when we're family, we have the same name. We have the same name. We also have redemption. That's common to every one of us that's in the family, right? We have Redemption. We also have love. One thing that we should have in common is love. Now, I'm, I'm closing as I'm thinking about prayer. The man, the preacher's name was Dr. Wilbur Chapman. Dr. Wilbur Chapman was a young preacher at the time. He took a church, a, very, a pretty good sized church in Philadelphia. And uh, he preached uh, that first sermon that morning. And of course, you know, everybody's wanting to come and greet him. There was a man, an older man came to him and he said, uh, uh, He said, uh, Preacher, he said, uh, You're kind of young for a church this size, aren't you? Dr. Chapman looked at him. And he says, Well, I, I guess, you know, I guess you could say that. He says, Well, I'm, I just wanted to come tell you, I'm going to help you as much as I can. And of course... When somebody comes up to a preacher and tells you that, you always say, okay, what's well, the alternative motives. Amen? Okay. And he says, okay, well, thank you. And he says, matter of fact, I got two other guys that agreed with that, and we were, well, I'm here to tell you we're going to do everything we can to help you. And then he went on and he said, the Lord's impressed upon my heart, that every time you get up to preach, we're gonna be praying for you. You got three men that's gonna be praying for you, and we just want you to know every time you get behind the pulpit, three men are praying for you. Well, course of time, that three grew to be ten men. Ten men. Every time the preacher got up, they're praying for him. They're not there talking about. They're not discussing things. They're not talking about sports or anything. They're praying for Him. That 10 grew into 20. That 20 grew into 50. And that 50 grew into 200. 200 men. Every time Dr. Chapman got up to preach, 200 men, 200 men were praying that the power of God would fall upon him every time he spoke. In three years... And three years, 1,100 people came to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. 1,100 were converted in three years. How did that? 200 men praying for their pastor that the power of God would fall upon him every time he got up. Out of that 1,100, 600 were men. 600 men got saved. Now, you might know the Brooklyn Tabernacle. We know them by their music, right? That's what they're known for, their choir and all that. The pastor, Pastor Jim there, if you've ever read the book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, he took that church, he was struggling had about a hundred and something people. They were struggling. He was on vacation in Florida and he just needed to get away. He, was, he, he had all the intent. After vacation, he was going to go back and says, look, I, I, he, was going to, he was going to resign. He got down there and he's, he's praying. He's asking God, God, you got to show me. You got to show me. And God laid upon his heart. He says, you're going to go back and you're going to build that church but you're going to build that church on prayer Good. Good. not discounting the word of god no 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 he got serious others took oath and today now I haven't i haven't heard lately but i had a friend that went up they went on a tuesday night that's their prayer meeting they meet on tuesday night they also have a wednesday service tuesday night is prayer meeting What do they do at prayer meeting? They pray. And my dear friend told me, he said, we thought, okay, prayer meeting, okay, you know. Went in, 2,000. And he said they prayed. For over an hour, they prayed. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say is the power of prayer, we talk about it, but we don't Use it. And I'm telling you, the things that many of us are facing within this family here, we got to bathe it in prayer. We all know, it's no news. We hopefully have a prospective pastor. we got to bathe it in prayer. Amen. And I'm telling you, when we get serious about our prayer life as a family we'll see God start to move in miraculous ways. Wouldn't it be good that when you go out to town, you'll say, "Here, somebody say, oh, you're from Hillcrest. It says, whoa, we've heard about what's going on over there. And we heard that it's, y'all put an emphasis on prayer there. And they'll say, yeah. And we'll tell you, it's because of, of the Holy Spirit working in people's lives and us being serious about praying for the power of God to fall upon us is the reason why you're seeing and hearing the things that you're hearing. Church, we need to be a house of prayer. And we need to be passionate about it. And we need to have a purpose behind our praying. Doesn't matter what position as long as the position of our heart's right.